Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Welcome to No Shame on You's 43rd podcast. Today, we're meeting with a really special woman, Samantha Kolke, the Executive Director Director of Options for College Success. And not only does she run an incredible organization, but she's had an incredible path as well as just a human being. Um, So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and her organization, and we'll dive right in. Samantha received her BA in Psychology and women's study from University of Michigan and her master's degree in social work from Jane Addams College of Social Work at the University of Illinois, Chicago. She's a licensed clinical social worker and began her career as a case manager and clinician for children, youth, and families within the child welfare system. She began her work at her current organization, Options for College Success, as a part-time resident advisor in 2014. She began working full-time in 2017 as the Director of Programming before taking on the Executive Director role in January of 2018. Now you may ask, what is Options for College Success? It's an incredible organization based out of Evanston, Illinois. The mission is to support young adults with learning challenges and disabilities, develop the skills and confidence to succeed academically, work productively, and live independently. We envision an inclusive future where emerging adults with disabilities have opportunities to build their own successful life. And that's the mission statement. Um, Samantha, thank you so much for coming. I'm so grateful. Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I have heard so much about No Shame on You from clients of mine and getting to speak with you and know the organization a bit more has been such a pleasure. So thank you for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us, tell your list, our listeners about you, Samantha, your background and, and your organization. Absolutely. You did a beautiful job introducing me and the organization. So hopefully I have a little bit more to add. Uh, I am a licensed clinical social worker as well as an executive director. And in my private practice, I work with teens and young adults and adults who are also neurodivergent, but also may not be. I like to describe myself as someone who is an expert in neurodiversity, as I am also a neurodivergent person. I can go into that as well. Uh, And I've greatly enjoyed the work that I'm doing at Options for College Success. We may have the name of Options for College Success, but we like to say that we're more about options for life success So our participants don't necessarily need to be pursuing a post-secondary academic path. They may be pursuing a vocational route or finding their passion and also gaining more skills and strategies to live as independently as possible. We also started to uh, 
provide education, support, and training for caregivers, parents, providers, educators, and allies. Uh, so this includes caregiver and family support services, which may be a little like counseling, but also coaching. And we also have an executive function curriculum that I may briefly mention later on that is intended to support all neurodivergent individuals, as well as neurodivergent caregivers and caregivers of neurodivergent loved ones. Um, so that's I have a quick, I have a quick question. Yes. To pause on. Could you define for our listeners and for me what neurodivergent means? Absolutely. So neurodiversity is the idea or belief that there are all differently wired brains. There's nothing bad or wrong about one's brain. There's nothing inherently wrong. We just all have different brain wiring. Neurodivergent is a term to describe somebody who has a neurodevelopmental disability. So that includes learning disabilities like dyslexia, as well as ADHD, autism. And there's also acquired neurodivergence, which is usually due to a traumatic brain injury. So this means that neurodivergent individuals have to expend more energy and effort to keep up with the neurotypical society and societal expectations, which can be very heavy and burdensome in some ways, especially when late diagnosed or misdiagnosed. There's a lot of uh, what we refer to as masking that goes on. So being able to present ourselves to the world in a way that fits neurotypical expectations as to maybe not draw attention to ourselves or to fit in or both and other reasons. So uh, this terminology of neurodiversity, which actually came out of a graduate paper, I believe in the nineties, now that that's made its way into our daily language, at least in the disability services field, as well as mental health, it is creating an opportunity for people to feel more empowered by that term and to destigmatize and shed the shame that can come along with having an invisible disability. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that so clearly. And it, and it makes sense. And Tell us a little bit about how you got into this work. Do you have personal experience in the neurodivergent community or, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So my interest and passion has always been rooted in people and just hearing about their experiences and their stories. And this naturally led to me being in the helping field. So in high school, I struggled with anxiety and uh, was diagnosed with depression. And having grown up to keep up with the perceived expectations of me, I coped in ways that were unstable or unsustainable, I should say, and offered more fleeting relief. Uh, so after having been misdiagnosed with, well, now I understand it as a misdiagnosis, but a misdiagnosis with a mood disorder. And I was still struggling to navigate what to me was a confusing nature of societal expectations. 
and high expectations at home where nothing I did felt good enough. So that negative core belief of I'm not good enough was constantly present. And I wasn't quite sure why. The I ended up seeing a doctor around going into my junior year in college. And they asked me questions that I had never been asked before by a mental health professional about my history, uh, like childhood, as well as if there was a trauma history of any kind, and also explaining to me what complex trauma is and how that may appear in someone's life. And so after I told this doctor more about myself and my development, uh, they diagnosed me with ADHD. And at the time I was 20, I didn't really know what that meant. I had a basic understanding of ADHD and, but didn't have an idea of how it impacted my sense of self-esteem, sense of self, and how I navigated daily life uh, outside of just struggling to pay attention and daydreaming a lot. So uh, coming into this work at Options for College Success was actually a, a journey professionally for sure, uh, as well as a personal journey. I've learned along with my colleagues and staff who are also neurodivergent that my brain is unique and that there may be struggles and things that I have to work a bit harder on, but working as a team, it allows us to channel the strengths that our neurodivergence brings us and to, again, talk about it in ways that are more empowering as opposed to feeling ashamed of it. So the opportunity to work with teens, young adults, and adults who are neurodivergent or discovering that they're neurodivergent has allowed me to really dive into something that I'm passionate about, the brain uh, and people's stories, and supporting them in their journey to shed their shame and to feel empowered by the fact that their brain is uniquely wired. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm so grateful for you sharing your story because we're on the same page, hundred percent, you and I, and our organizations that sharing stories is one of the best ways to support others and reduce stigma and, um, and there's studies that show that. So I really appreciate you sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, before we dig into a little more about options for college success, I'm just curious, like once you got that diagnosis, like was it, were, what was your reaction to that? Was it a relief? Were you, were you pissed off? Were you, you know, what, what, what did it look like? I felt a lot of relief. I also was completely taken aback because again, I didn't quite understand ADHD at the level that we all do now. I say we all meaning in this community uh, and finding out more information based off of research that has been done over the past 10 to 15 years has allowed me to connect with my diagnosis even more. And so 
that has allowed me to process a lot of things that I went through when I was younger, which has been incredibly helpful because it is destigmatizing and uh, allows me to, I know I keep saying that shedding of the shame, but it is very much a struggle that I think most neurodivergent folks go through is feeling a sense of shame and walking around feeling not good enough and feeling constantly judged and questioning numerous scenarios. And so it's no wonder that we get, our brains get exhausted and we experience a type of burnout that is different than occupational burnout. Uh, so that burnout also looks like depression and anxiety. So there's another reason for why misdiagnoses happen very frequently, but it was a relief to me. And again, over time, it has become something where I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Uh, this is incredibly clear. There's a validation of what I experienced as I just thought I was weird or struggled with things that no one else struggles with. And because of trying to keep up with certain expectations. I did do well in school. I think I worked incredibly hard to pass in that way. And over time that became exhausting and built up this anxiety and you know, led to additional coping strategies that at one time helped, but are more of a detriment uh, to growth and self-esteem than than uh, other more positive coping strategies. So it long, long, long response, but it was a relief uh, and it was not something that I was upset about. And in my head, it allowed me to let go of a definition or a diagnosis, I should say, that I felt may fit, but didn't really, and also treatment, specifically medication that was not, that was not necessarily effective for other symptoms that I was experiencing. So I, I just thought that I was responding poorly to the medication. So when I was given medication to specifically treat or support the symptoms of ADHD. It was incredible how this, what I can only describe as fog lifted, where I felt like I was able to freely be more of myself and things felt less challenging. So I was able to pay more attention to conversations. I was able to remember more things. I was able to better regulate my emotions and the level of energy that it allowed me to experience because of not feeling so exhausted from putting in so much effort to just navigate day-to-day -day life and day-to-day -day responsibilities that others may not even think about uh, taking or requiring effort. That allowed me to really accept myself and find the 
version of myself that I knew I was. And from almost the age of like four to 20, I just didn't feel authentic or felt a little lost and stuck. Wow. It sounds like a hard journey and also liberating, you know, at that time, you know, and, um, I'm just curious if you know about this question, just thinking about you as a four-year-old and a little, little kid and growing up and I have no clue on this and and you might not be the right person to ask, but are there ever, are there ever scenarios where kids grow up and their minds develop who have ADHD and then it resolves as an adult or, or is that just, if you have, if you experience it as a youth, a child, you're, you have to manage it in your adulthood as well. So there was a study a little while ago, and I know I should be more specific to that. I feel like it may have been five years ago, maybe six now, uh, where there was a belief that maybe one in 10 people with ADHD would have their symptoms resolved by adulthood. But because it's a neurodevelopmental disability, autism is also a neurodevelopmental disability as well as learning disabilities, it doesn't go away. The brain is wired in this certain way. So it is just part of who the individual is. When there's more knowledge about neurodivergence and the taking a neurodiversity approach, meaning removing some of the deficit language, stepping back from the medical model of disability, which is more deficit focused. It allows a young person, a child to grow up with the encouragement of being themselves and being understood on a level that when I was, you know, a child, it there was not an understanding of it. So me having so much energy and bouncing off the walls and talking so fast that you couldn't understand what I was saying uh, was not me needing to just calm down or, or, you know, settle down or having too much sugar. It was because my brain was wired differently. Uh, Me constantly spinning around and uh, potentially losing my balance and falling down was me trying to uh, what we call like sensory seeking. So trying to feel my body in space and regulate myself. Uh, uh, me not listening was not just me ignoring a parent as an adolescent or a teenager. Uh, it was more about not being able to pay attention long enough to follow instructions. Uh, but that wasn't necessarily acceptable. It was just like, well, you're not listening to me. So I think in the long run, or I should say, long story short, it is a neurodevelopmental disability, so you don't age out of it, but people may have strategies in place and skills to help manage those symptoms so that there is, uh, so there are less support needs for them in, in the future. Um, my dad, hopefully he doesn't mind that I'm sharing this, uh, is neurodivergent. So he doesn't necessarily have a formal diagnosis uh, from a psychiatrist or a psychologist, uh, but it 
apples don't fall far from the tree. It is very much uh, strongly genetic. And my brother also has ADHD. So all three of us combined have the best time and retell stories over and over again that uh, seem new to us, but we've told them to each other numerous times. Uh, but my dad, you know, didn't have supports necessarily in school, didn't know that he was navigating the world in this way. He just found other strategies to, to regulate himself, to get his energy out uh, and to channel, channel his uh, attention. So um, you wouldn't necessarily know uh, that he was ADHD unless you got to know him really well. And I guess maybe saw how much energy he has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I have to say that options for college success is so lucky because not only do they have a leader who has the clinical training and all the background, but you have the you have the PhD in life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you you get it from all ends. And um I just feel like they what what a what a match. Um, so with that, tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about how options of college success got started. Let's start with that and then we'll, we'll dig in a little more. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, we're very proud to be neurodivergent led and staffed. Uh, but before that we were founded by two women who, uh, were career educators. So they've been teachers. They've also worked in administration and they saw a need to fill this gap of neurodivergent individuals who would kind of fall through the cracks. So they didn't fit into categories that, you know, had full organizations and services built for those that quote unquote, fit into that category. So they, if you will, quote unquote, passed um, as neurotypical, but as demands increased and responsibilities increased, the support needs or their support needs were clearly seen. So they weren't necessarily able to keep up with neurotypical peers based on how they learn and that there is evidence that the brain develops a couple of years behind their neurotypical peers. Uh, it's not that much of a difference though, once we hit adulthood. So the that gap that they wanted to fill was mainly focused on post-secondary education. So seeing uh, these emerging young adults struggle in their first semester, first year at a four-year college, and possibly coming from you know a lot of structure to no structure at all, and so they there were no cues on oh you have to go to this class or you have to do this homework you have to schedule time to do your own homework there isn't a built-in time to do it uh, so they saw this uh, and they wanted to provide services that were individualized to how each person learns, as well as the struggles that they were facing. So it was founded, hence our name, for college. Uh, 
her college success. And over the years, it grew to provide more comprehensive services like independent living skills, which is cooking, cleaning, self-advocacy, transportation, making doctor's appointments, all of the adulting things that uh, we're expected to do. We also offer vocational support services. So we work with individuals anywhere from exploring what one is interested in and possible career or education paths, uh, all the way to maintaining a job and possibly preparing to find another job if you want to leave your current position. So there are also additional services like financial literacy, and we also offer now executive function coaching on an individual level as well as in a group. So these services expanded uh, probably a year or two after it was founded, and both founders uh, left in one in 2018, one in 2019. Uh, one of the founders is still involved on the board um, and is kind of seeing how our organization is progressing. So a few years ago, before the pandemic, we referred to ourselves as options 2.0, just where we are trying to keep up with the needs of the community and how things have shifted in society and how we view disability, uh, as well as the additional opportunities that are available for uh, the neurodivergent community in post-secondary education, as well as uh, the vocational realm. So that is kind of how we were founded. Uh, and then we are now expanding into a bigger focus on executive function coaching, which is where our executive function coaching group curriculum, which is called Brain Gains, uh, G-A-I-N-S, uh, came from. And that is something that we see as very therapeutic for the neurodivergent community, as well as for caregivers, families, educators, and providers to better understand their kids, students, or clients' brains and how they think and what their lived experiences are, because there are so many uh, misdiagnoses that are occurring a lot of parents now are being diagnosed after their own children are being diagnosed as autistic or ADHD. So, and it usually brings a great deal of relief to the parent. Uh, so that's kind of what we're seeing over time, which is why we are expanding our programming and psychoeducation to offer more, more consulting to, uh, to, really society uh, and empowering individuals who, who are neurodivergent or maybe exploring their own uh, neurodivergence, uh, seeking out kind of a diagnosis. Amazing. And just a couple technical questions. Do, do the students you work with in the Chicagoland area have to be connected with a certain school or could it be any any college experience, whether it's a, a you know a, a community college or Northwestern University. 
That's a great question. So we work with participants and students who are at any school. So they can choose what uh, education program they want to go to. Uh, we have had students at Northwestern. We have participants or students from DePaul and Columbia College. Uh, we also have a young man who uh, came to us uh, with the goal of going to a university in Kansas, and he got his general education requirements um, and out of the way, applied to this university and is now there uh, and close to wrapping up his, his bachelor's degree. So we also continue to provide him services, even though he was out of state. Thank you to the foresight of our founders who started doing services virtually before the pandemic. Oh my gosh, so, yeah. they're visionaries. Yes, very much so. Uh, and it's allowed us to also offer our support services through these transition periods. So a lot of participants may be coming to our program uh, after struggling in college. So they'll come back home if that's here and uh, seek our support to either get general education requirements, learn some of the skills to be able to navigate college on their own. Um, as well as with the goal of returning or going to a four-year school. So it allows us to continue to provide our support services so that there's some continuity for the individual when they maybe go out of state. Uh, so we try to be a, a community center, if you will, where people can come and go uh, for support, but that we also offer programs that allow an individual the opportunity to live independently with parents also feeling a bit more secure that they have uh, us present as uh, some support and relative oversight. Uh, I forgot to mention those differences in programs and how people can receive our services, but people come to us uh, through our, what's called choices program, which is hourly services. So individuals can pick and choose the services that they want to engage in and uh, create their own schedule uh, and maybe live in a dorm or live at home or live on their own. Uh, we also have an in-residence program, which is the opportunity to live independently with support. So we're not a residential treatment center. Uh, we're not a group home. Individuals will live in an apartment uh, that these apartment buildings are around the Evanston area. So they're usually within a mile or two of our main center. So it's easy for us to get to them and vice versa. And the in-residence program is uh, what we call full-time. So we offer unlimited services. Uh, so it's best for individuals who are pursuing school or who have not lived independently before. Uh, so this also gives us the opportunity to provide more hands-on support services. So for example, we can go to their apartments and provide independent living skills in their environment. Uh, skills are much better retained when they're done and learned, I should say, and implemented in their actual environment. So we do cooking, figure out how to best uh, set up their space based on how the individual lives in their environment. And it also allows us to support some executive function skills of time management, waking up, uh, having 
reminders. So sometimes people do want to start out with us kind of coming in the morning and doing a check-in. And so we're able to be more hands-on and we don't offer 24 seven oversight. So there is this level of independence that an individual has for themselves to further their social opportunities that we offer here, uh, as well as, you know, practicing what they learn during the week to manage their time, uh, get to work or volunteer um, or, you know, socialize, whatever they may want to do during their free time. So it is an independent program uh, that helps to foster independence. I want everyone to come to Chicago because of <laughs> options for college success in Evanston. I think, I think, I mean, I, I just feel so, I just feel comforted, you know, as being a parent of, of a daughter who, who has been diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety and all these things. If I, you know, I, I'm so thrilled that we have this resource here. My question is, if we have listeners who are listening from all over the country, um, do you know if there's similar organizations in other cities and any tips or tools how to figure that out. Oh, yes. So I'm very grateful that these resources exist uh, and it we're a very small organization. So knowing that we can recommend and refer people to various websites as well as um, organizations is, uh, I appreciate being able to do that. So there are some websites that people can visit to learn more about college programs as well as therapeutic programs that may offer a post-secondary component to it, like post-secondary education, as well as a vocational uh, component to it. So Think College is a website that people can go to and find out more details about college programs, uh, as well as ones that are similar to ours. There are also programs that are referred to as TIPSID, which is uh, I think transition post-secondary independent uh, programs. I don't know the full acronym, obviously, but you can type in a TPSID and should be able to find those uh, programs. There's also uh, this website called allkindsoftherapy.com. And there are numerous therapeutic programs that are on that website. And for those that may have young adults, or I should say teens even, who are struggling with a variety of mental health um, challenges, including comorbidities, which often go hand in hand, like ADHD and OCD, ADHD and uh, anxiety, um, as well as ADHD and autism. Uh, we also have, uh, or I should say, I'd also like to recommend uh, the two websites to find therapy providers that work with neurodivergent folks. So there's a website called N as in neurodivergent, D as in diversity, therapist.com. Uh, and then there is also a YouTube channel, which sounds weird to recommend, uh, but if you want to learn more about how the neurodivergent brain works, uh, it's called How to ADHD with, I think her name is Jessica McCabe, 
uh, even if one is autistic, uh, has a learning disability, um, or just generally identifies as neurodivergent, that channel is phenomenal. Even though it's framed in the context or through the lens of ADHD, it applies to most neurodivergent individuals. And then there are other uh, college programs that people can find through the university. So there is a program uh, at National Lewis University called PACE. Uh, so individuals would go to National Lewis University, live in their dorms and uh, get a certain level of support. Some of these programs offer uh, inclusive college classes uh, where individuals can attain a bachelor's degree. Some of these programs may offer certificates only, uh, but they're great ones to check out and to have a young person, if they're interested, uh, check it out as a way to even on-ramp into college because sometimes going from high school to college is intimidating. It's expensive now, so people may not want to go unless they know what they want to study. Uh, so there are a lot of programs and even just options, pun intended, uh, to explore after high school before maybe pursuing, if somebody even wants to pursue uh, a four-year degree. Awesome, awesome, mm -hmm. incredible resources. Um, and I appreciate you sharing that. And I know people are probably thinking, so I gotta ask this question, what does pricing look like if someone you know, a lot of people have resources and a lot of people don't. And I wonder if you could speak to how, how that might work. Absolutely. So as a social worker, uh, it is a goal of mine and ours as an organization to make these services accessible to all. We also are a small nonprofit that uh, doesn't accept insurance because insurance companies don't cover uh, support services for disabled individuals, which is a whole other issue. Uh, so we are currently private pay. However, we are in the process of applying to become a what's called a community day service provider, as well as a personal support agency. And what that means is that for those in Illinois, at least, if you are chosen from what's called the PUNS list, which is the priority and urgency of needs and services, which is through uh, the Illinois Department of Public Health uh, and Department of Human Services, you get what are called Medicaid waiver funds and community day services can be paid through what's called the home-based and community uh, service waiver. So that's one very uh, long uh, route that if people are able to uh, receive Medicaid waiver funds that they can use those to pay for services once we are licensed, which hopefully is by the end of the year. And then our personal support agency options, uh, once the we receive the approval from the state, individuals who receive uh, personal support worker funds. So that's also through uh, the Department of Human Services. Uh, we can offer a personal support worker as well as our unique and individualized services uh, to those individuals. 
So that's one way uh, to utilize government benefits uh, and our kind of entryway into somewhat being covered by insurance. And then we also like to work with families based on their financial situation. So we, when possible, we offer discounts uh, and also try to work with families on maybe what their budget could be each month for services and what services can look like based off of that amount that can be paid. Uh, we also will find resources for individuals, uh, usually grants that people can apply for that are specifically for families or individuals. Um, so those are Amazing. some, yeah. And I will, we are transparent about our pricing. So on our website, which I guess I can plug now. Absolutely. Um, that was my next question. Excellent. Uh, Perfect. You read my our, web, our website is www.optionsforcollegesuccess.org and options for college success is all spelled out. And under our, I believe, services tab, there is one for, for program pricing. You can also scroll down and there will be a tab for program pricing as well. And other information about our philosophy and approach. Uh, so if you want to learn a little bit more about that and our other services and what those look like, our website is a great resource for that. Amazing. Um, I think we're going to close up now. You you gave great. such amazing resources. Your, your, or, the organization is incredible. And I guess I'll close with this interesting question. If someone is listening, who's a college age who is not neurodivergent and feeling some of the ways that you felt when you were in college, um, do you, do you have any words of wisdom that you might give them if this gets in their, in their earbuds? That's a very good question. So I would say that for those that maybe connecting with some of the things I shared, you can explore neurodiversity and neurodivergent stories, because mine is just one of many. Uh, ADHD is a spectrum. Um, autistic individuals all present differently. So, and I will say there's also uh, learning disabilities where sometimes those are late diagnosed as well. So if you're identifying with some of this, I would check out various podcasts. So there's one uh, called well, I would say if parents are wanting to listen or providers, uh, a great podcast is Two Sides of the Spectrum. There are also many podcasts that uh, are focused on neurodivergence. So if you just go to your, wherever you find your podcasts uh, and search for neurodiversity or neurodivergent, you should find many uh, podcasts as well as various episodes. Of course, I'm forgetting all of them now off the top of my head when I'm put on the spot. Uh, so that's one thing that you can explore. And then there's also a TikTok uh, hashtag. I'm aging myself right now uh, without knowing the proper terms, but there is a um, hashtag actually autistic. And if you look that up on TikTok, there are a lot of autistic individuals sharing their stories and their daily experiences. And a lot of young people can really connect to that. I'll also say that, remember, there's an overlap with uh, autism, ADHD, OCD, uh, anxiety. So 
just know that if you want to seek out a diagnosis, maybe look for a person who specializes in ADHD uh, or even discloses that they are neurodivergent. And there are also many books out there as well, or audiobooks if you prefer to consume that way. So yeah, also you can contact me. So that's that's always an option too. I'd more than happy to talk about neurodivergence. <laughs> Thank you. And I know they can find you on your website. Yes. Um, that you gave before, and we will certainly put that in the notes in the text of the podcast posting. Wonderful. So no one has to write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you all do. Uh, these stories that you all share are incredibly impactful. And I think it is very important to have those shared in school settings. Uh, so thank you for being in existence. <laughs> the feeling is mutual and we'll see everybody next time. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.